Hey guys, welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit. This is episode 134. The Ronin Rabbit is a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and beware. There will be spoilers as we talk about Color Classics issue 4. Now, if you want to get in touch with me, you can tweet me at teal, T-E-A-L Productions. I release the episodes on Facebook on the Usagi Ojimbo fan and Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook pages. BigTimeNoise.com slash RoninRabbit is the website, and UsagiPodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Color Classics number four from IDW, dated July 2020 as far as the release. Now, these two parts of the Usagi origin story, um, and I apologize if you're going to start to hear more noise, uh, the rest of the neighborhood is starting to wake up as I'm sitting here on the back porch one morning. Uh, Part 7 of the origin story I initially covered in episode 14 of the podcast that was released on November 21st of 2011. Uh, from uh, I talked about the first volume, the Fantagraphics volume, issue number 3. And part 8 I talked about in episode 15, which was released on January 8th, 2012, uh, talking about the first volume, the Fanographics volume, issue number four. So, for those of you that would be so inclined, uh, I suppose it may be an interesting contrast to listen to those episodes and then to listen to this and see how my feelings have changed over the last, oh, 115 episodes or so. So, Air Exchanger just kicked on, so I apologize for that one if you hear that. So, the cover of this book is a very dramatic cover, I think. It shows Usagi leading a charge, full samurai armor on a war horse with the Mifune flag uh, up over his head. I believe what the samurai used to do was they would take that and stick that sword pole in a fixture in their armor so it was part of their their person. Um, and then we see the rest of the army riding behind him in various poses, swords, preparing to fire a bow, Mifune flags everywhere. Now the, the origin of this story is that Usagi is telling uh, Genosuke, and this is a Genosuke that has a full horn, so that tells you how long ago it was, what led up to him dueling Gonichi and killing him at the very start of his quote-unquote origin story. And so he is going through the course of events from, well, I was born a poor rabbit in the, you know, all the way up to why it was necessary for him to duel Genuchi, uh, Genuchi, however you pronounce that, I, I apologize. To begin with, I believe it's Genuchi. So the story opens with a group of bandits riding into Usagi's village and uh, going to the headman, who is Usagi's dad. At this point, again, this is the origin story, so we're talking about way back. And making their demands, you know, that we basically what they're doing is instead of um, gathering, you know, supplies like you normally would, they just raid villages, take their supplies, and that's what they live off while they're doing their ne'er-do-well-ness, ne'er-do-wellities, whatever you want to call it. So they threaten the headman by the lead bandit grabbing Mariko. And so between the fact that they're outnumbered, they're a village of farmers and uh, back-to-the-earth kind of people, they, they can't really fight. The bandits are willing to fight. And so 
Usagi's dad gives in and, you know, tells his people to load up their wagon with whatever they need. Well, in the midst of this, Usagi walks into the village. Now, the previous story, um, the, Usagi knew that, uh, Usagi and Kenichi knew that the bandits were headed there. So it's not a surprise that they showed up, played on last, last part of the story. But Usagi walks up and he is holding both of his swords and he's got the arms of his robe pulled and tied up on his shoulders so that his arms are free. The head bandit makes light of the fact that it's just one samurai against all of us. Uh, there's various pictures. I don't know. There's six, eight, ten of the, the bandits all armed. And in the midst of making fun of this lone samurai, and there's a neighbor's lawnmower, I apologize as much as I can. I mean, if I was really sorry, I would move inside, right? But I want to sit out here and record. So hopefully it doesn't mess things up too much. I'll just check in post and see how it sounds. That one of the bandits is struck by a couple arrows and felled, and we see up on a nearby hut is Kenichi, who has secured a bow and several arrows and has climbed up there to provide sniper for Usagi's ground attack. And at this point, Usagi's dad, seeing that they have two willing fighters, one of which has a superior position, tells his village to attack the bandits. And so much, much melee ensues here. Uh, Usagi's dad and he in a panel fighting back to back. The bandit chief with Mariko on the horse realizes that uh, neither he nor his people are going to win. So since I can, uh, they can all be killed. I don't care. I'm going to escape and I'm going to escape with my uh, winnings in that he has Mariko captive. So he's trying to make his way, the bandit, head bandit, uh, through the, the throng on the horse. And Mariko yells out for Usagi. Kenichi sees what is happening, has one arrow left, and he prays to, you know, whatever god, my last arrow, make it count. And he snipes the horse through the neck, uh, killing the horse. As it falls, the head bandit and Mariko both fall off. The bandit over there... And Marco over here, as far as the camera positioning, near a sword, uh, which will play a part. And she sees the sword because she falls and, and sees it. It's basically right there in front of her. Well, the bandit now that he's un unmounted realizes, well, yeah, he's a goner too. And, <clears throat> you know, they're going to do whatever they're going to do to me. But before they do, at least I'll get to kill you. So he goes after Marco, grabs her by the robe in a very disheveled kind of Way raises his sword, and as he's about to pull the sword down, Mariko reaches, grabs the sword that has fallen stuck in the ground, and impales the head bandit on it. When Usagi and Kenichi find their way through, they see a very in shock Mariko, uh, both for what has happened, but also for the fact that she took a life, which apparently she's never done before. I, I wouldn't expect her to, but she hasn't, so... That evening, uh, we're all recovering and resting here. Kenichi, Mariko, Usagi talking. Uh, Mariko is asking what the plans are. She has a thing for Usagi. Uh, truly, Usagi has a thing for her. Kenichi has a thing for her. So Usagi tells him, I'll stay with my father for a few weeks, and then I'll go to serve Lord Mufuni. And, of course, Mariko's like, oh, you know, she's all disappointed. I had hoped you... Uh, both would be staying. I, I th this village uh, is in need of your skills, and Usagi's kind of you know side ironer. Yeah, right. And will you, Kenichi, be 
leaving to serve Lord Mafuni also. And Kenichi says, uh, no, I'll, I'll be staying. And then we switch from that reminiscing story to now, which is uh, Usagi and Genosuke at an inn over Saki uh, exchanging tales. And Usagi's starting to, you know, continue with the rest of his story. And Genosuke's like, what? Who, who cares about that stupid war? What about Mariko? And he says, oh, well, she married Kenichi and they have a son, Jotaro. And there's more to that than he's saying here because we will find out later in his in his story, Usagi's story. So that's the end of chapter seven. Chapter eight opens right where seven let out. Stopped, rather. Uh, having sake in the inn. And Usagi resumes, where was, oh, yeah, 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 the Great War. It was Lord Mafuni, I was Lord Mafuni's vassal for three years because of my skill with the sword, as he himself witnessed at the tournament, and Gunichi's recommendation, I quickly rose in rank and became one of his personal bodyguards. That's Lord Mafuni's. And we have a big uh, full page, pretty much full page spread here of Gunichi, uh, Lord Mafuni, his wife, who's, let's see, Lady Kazumi, and their son, Prince Suroichi, and Usagi all gathered together here. Usagi is up front with the lad, pointing some things out to him. The others have fallen back. Uh, Lord Mafuni and Lady Kazumi uh, seem to be much taken with Usagi's uh, shepherding of the boy. Later that night, or some night, we see three Nico Ninja that we know now. At this time, when this first came out, we didn't, I don't think, really knew their name. We hadn't been exposed to them. But now we know them as the Nico Ninja. They're infiltrating a fortress. Usagi continues his tale, and you realize that it is Lord Mafuni's fortress. Uh, they're killing guards, making their way inside, retainers dying, vassals dying. We get to um, Suryuchi's room, where... His mom, Lady, I'm sorry, Kitsumi, is that her name? Uh, Kazumi, where Lady Kazumi is uh, putting him down for bed. So Lady Kazumi uh, decides that she will put her son to bed this evening uh, by himself, dispatches her maidservant. And in the midst of doing so, the maidservant is thrown back through one of the walls as the Nico Ninja attack uh, jumping into Prince Saruchi's room. We see several retainers, Usagi and Gunichi, hear the uproar that has started. The other guards run to check on Lady Kazumi, who is in Prince Saruchi's room, whereas Gunichi and Usagi head to Lord Mafuni's chamber to check on him. When they get there, uh, Mafuni is holding off five uh, Nico Ninja by himself. And then when Usagi and Gunichi enter the fray, one, two, three, four, five, uh, it rises to seven ninja that the three of them dispatch. So they do so and then, you know, realize that their next uh, appointment, I guess, or their next goal uh, is to check on the Lady Kazumi and Prince Suruichi. And they get to the room, and there's a, a panel here of Lord Mafuni sliding the door open with Usagi behind over one shoulder, Genichi behind over the other shoulder, and all of their uh, heads all relatively line up, but they're all outlined in this real bright blue. Behind them, uh, and the rest of the, the area is black, denoting, in my mind, darkness. Now, the blue might have been to separate them from that background darkness. But to me, 
what it does is it really the the three heads jump out at you and you look at the faces that are shaded in a uh, in a horror way because they see that Lady Kazumi, uh, Prince Suruichi, and at least one of uh, probably Suruichi's um, attendants are all lying dead in the room. But this this panel is a is a very is a definite. Um, it shows you that they are horrified by what they see in the the few elements that I described, but many others uh, that are that are part of this. I, I think this may be another situation where this is much more dramatic because of the color uh, than perhaps it originally was in the black and white. So, uh, so Usagi and Gunichi are checking the ninja, uh, seeing, making sure they're dead, first of all, trying to figure out exactly who they are. Lord Mafuni's in the same panel, clutching his wife and child, much upset. Gunichi recognizes the ninja as being Nico Ninja. I, I'm not sure how. Of course, ninja aren't going to be wearing Mon or anything like that, so I'm not sure how he's able to tell, but he could tell. And when they're, they, uh, Usagi and Gunichi, are puzzling, well, who, who's in charge of them? Who would send them? We see a very vengeful face of Lord Mafuni, and he just barely says the word Hikiji. So, next panel... Um, Hikiji was then the minor lord of a neighboring province who lusted after my lord's holdings and the power that they brought. Now, this again, this is Usagi telling Genosuke this story. Six months later, a full-scale war was on. The final battle was fought on a Dashigahara plain. So, six months this war between Hikiji and Mifune went on. This, we will find out, was the final battle of that war. Everyone is decked out in full armor, and it's really cool because, as I have seen in movies, the Lord Mifune, over his army, is sitting upon a hill on a stool with a signaling placard in his hand, sitting watching the battle. And um, I would I would have to say that that must be a, a very genuine portrayal of how it's done because I have seen it in multiple media, and now Mr. Sakai, well, you know, back then, 1980, middle 80s, uh, introduced it into his Usagi mythos also, that this is the way these things functioned. So uh, I just, I, I thought that was cool too. Usagi and Gunichi are there, other high-ranking lords. Uh, at one point, Mifune signals that they, uh, that 2nd Brigade should charge using the Hoshi or Arrowhead formation. Uh, they do so, things are going well, but now Mifune feels that this final thrust uh, to to win this battle, he must personally intervene. He says, I refuse to gain victory by gazing at the backs of my men. Gunichi, you'll guard my left flank. Usagi, my right. To horse. And that is the end of this uh, portion of Usagi's origin story. So, a very dramatic uh, second second part of that story once he encounters uh, Lord Mifune and, and is in his service as opposed to not that the first part defending his village wasn't uh, dramatic you know that much battle scene there but this is this is higher drama you know this is hundreds if not thousands of men fighting a battle and as I said this will turn out to be the final battle of this war the final skirmish of this war between Hikiji and Mifune um, and that the, the, the culmination of that battle, the result of that battle, is really where Usagi's story starts. That is what makes Usagi what he is that we see continue 
wing league to today. So that's, you know, these other pieces, his training and the, the academy and the dueling and things like that. That's, you know, part of the origin story. And that's the making of an Usagi. But the Usagi that we're familiar with really has his origin at that uh, battle at Adashigahara. All right, guys, um, let's see. We have the Hoshi, the word Hoshi, which is uh, interpreted, I guess, as Arrowhead. I didn't look it up, but that's what Mr. Sakai told us it was, was Arrowhead. We also, uh, as far as our Dramatis Personae, which the past several episodes I've failed to do this, much less at the beginning of the show, uh, Mayamoto Usagi and Murakami Genosuke, they're, they're telling a story, and then the elements of the story involve Gunichi, Lord Mafuni, Lady Kazumi, Prince Suryuchi, uh, Marco, and um, Kenichi, and Usagi's dad in, in that part of the story. So that's, I think, everything for Color Classic 4. Looks like next time out, I will be talking about Usagi Ojimbo Volume 3, uh, Issue 44, which will be the fifth chapter of the Grass Cutter 2 Journey to Atsuta Shrine story. So given that, thank you for being here, sharing with me for these past 20 minutes or so. I will see you guys again or talk to you guys again next time. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.